0: Join us as we sing these songs of praise. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all.
1: welcome to Wido. my name is brian savage and i am so glad that you are here if you're a guest with us today or maybe you've been with us for a while we don't want you to miss out on anything happening around here you can scan the qr code on the screen or around our building to find your next step like filling out a connection card finding a group learn about our kids and student ministry best ministry or how you can give to Wido. oak you can also scan that qr code at the hub and if you are new, stop by The Hub and pick up a gift that we have for you. And if you're watching online, you can go to thewocc.com slash welcome. Also, if you'd like to learn more about White Oak's mission and vision, have an opportunity to meet some of our pastoral staff and find out what it means to be a White Oak partner. Join us for Discover White Oak. This event is held several times a year with lunch provided and is a great chance to meet new friends and hear all about what White Oak has to offer. We are going through the Book of Luke. We've put together some resources to help you get the most out of this series. Now, we know that time is a precious commodity, but we believe that you can have a great experience with as little as five minutes a day. This is a three-step plan, good, better, or best. Good, reading. Grab a Luke Reading Plan bookmark from our lobby on a, or on our website. Spend at least five minutes every day reading along with us. Better, read and journal. Purchase a Luke journal from our lobby and spend time each day reading and writing about how God is speaking to you through his word. Best, read, write, and listen. After reading and writing in your journal, tune in to our Luke podcast where you will hear from White Oak people just like you sharing their thoughts about their daily reading and how God is speaking to them. All of our Luke resources are available at bwocccom Luke. We hope you'll participate with us as we learn from Jesus to live like Jesus.
2: Good morning, hello. It's so good to be here today, and thank you so much if you're joining us online. We're glad that you're here as well. You know, we're studying the book of Luke for the next seven weeks, and uh, man, I'm so excited to be here. It just there's something fresh about. Could be the weather outside. Could be just uh, flipping over that uh, new month on the calendar. Could be the beginning of a uh, brand new series that we've been really excited about and uh, anticipating. And so here we are as we begin the gospel of Luke, the book of Luke, Luke's good news. Now, when we talk about this book of the Bible, it is known as a gospel. And uh, when the Bible writers or uh, anybody would use the word gospel, that word simply means good news. So there you go, Luke's Good news, but anytime they use that phrase "good news" in the New Testament, what we're specifically talking about is the good news about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so, what Luke is is a story. It is a a, uh, a combination of a bunch of eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we held a couple of workshops called uh, How to Read Your Bible. And in those workshops, we laid out some important um, information about knowing something about the book of the Bible that you're reading. It is just a good habit to be in to know something about any book of the Bible that you might be studying or reading. There's, there's some really simple background things that you can do. Uh, and so today, as we Begin with the book of Luke. There's just a couple of things that I want to set up for us that I think are going to help us as we go through this for the next seven weeks. The first thing being the author. Now, it isn't always the case with uh, books of the Bible, but Luke is written by a man named Luke. Makes things really easy for us, okay? And, uh, and so as we, uh, as we take a look here, uh, he was a follower of Jesus... But he was not an eyewitness. That's important to know. Uh, That means he wasn't one of the original 12 disciples or followers of Jesus. He he wasn't somebody who walked uh, alongside of Jesus while Jesus was here on earth. Uh, He came along and became a follower of Jesus after Luke writes a follow-up book to his gospel of Luke called the book of Acts. We, we studied that uh, about a year ago. And uh, if you're familiar with Acts, you know that it is the history of the first church, the early church. And so Luke writes the book of Acts as well. And, uh, and when he's writing Acts, there's a uh, there's a thing that he's doing as he's describing what's happening in the ministry that Paul's doing. He uses a lot of they language. They were going from this town to this town. They were doing this. They were doing that. But about chapter 16 of the book of Acts, Luke begins using we language. We began to go here. We began to do this. We began to do that. And most scholars will look at that and they will say, this is about the point, chapter 16 of the book of Acts, where Luke presumably joined in with Paul and began ministering and uh, traveling and sharing the good news about Jesus. And so Luke joins about midway through Acts, which happened way after Jesus would have been on earth and died and uh, rose back into the grave. We're talking maybe uh, as much as five or 10 years later. So we know that Luke is a first century follower of Jesus who was not an eyewitness, but came around after Jesus' resurrection. He was a companion to the apostle Paul. Now let's look at the why. So, So that's the who, that's who wrote this Account of Jesus's life. And let's look at why. And we've got some, uh, we're fortunate here because Luke actually in his book, the gospel of Luke, he lays out in chapter one, exactly why he wrote this gospel. And so if you've got a Bible with you, I'm going to ask that you turn to the book of Luke. You can use your smartphone using the YouVersion app if you want to. We've got some Bibles back at the hub. We would love for you to be reading with us. Maybe you've got your Luke journal in front of you. That's fine too. But Luke chapter 1, Luke is going to actually give us the why for why he wrote this gospel. So look with me, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word with this in mind since i myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning i too decided to write an orderly account for you most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So here Luke, in his writing, gives us an outline for why he wrote his gospel. He says a couple things here. He says that uh, these things were handed down to us So as believers, as followers of Jesus, he says, this information was handed down to us by people who came before us, by people who were there. He said, these eyewitnesses gave us this stuff. And he said, Luke said, I have thoroughly looked through it. Here's what he says. He says, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. Luke's somebody who doesn't take things at face value. Luke was told a message of hope about Jesus. And while he accepted it into his heart, he also did his homework. It also says that he investigated everything that was being told to him. Second thing he said, he said this. He says, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. So so Luke decided, he says, number one, he said, I was told a bunch of stuff about Jesus. He says, and I looked into all of that. He said, I investigated all of that. He said, then I spent so much time investigating this and I believed it to be true that I too put together an orderly account. Luke set out uh, to thoroughly investigate everything from the very beginning He had a goal to compose an orderly account of the events surrounding Jesus' life. And now in this passage, and again in Acts, Luke identifies that he is sending this account to a gentleman named Theophilus. He's believed to be a wealthy businessman who Luke met during his travels with Paul. And Luke wanted not only to teach this man the good news about who Jesus was, but he wanted to provide with him what he believed to be a proof text that everything that he had told him was accurate. And so here we have Luke, the first investigative reporter, who was told a story and didn't just simply take that story on face value, but did his due diligence to investigate everything that he had been told and then put it down in an orderly account that Theophilus and the rest of the world and for generations to come would be able to look at it to get information about who Jesus was. We use Luke's good news account for the exact same reason, right? It's an orderly detailed account of the life of Jesus and we use it to strengthen our faith. We, learn, we use it to learn how to live, This year we've been really intentional about setting this series up. You see, we spent the first two months of the year addressing two important things. That God is in complete control. That God is the ultimate authority. That he and only he has the right to speak and to guide our lives. And that we rely on and trust the Bible, his holy word, for instructions on how we should live, how we should act. Uh, we've set that up so that as we now jump into the book of Luke, that we can be set up and ready to learn from this what Jesus is doing, how he's living, what he's trying to tell us. As we go into this Luke journey, our main objective from today's message and really for the entire series is this. We want to learn from Jesus to live like Jesus. As we read and study Luke together, there are a few things that I want you to know. And things that I want you to be on the lookout for as we go through this gospel. Jesus came... experience life as a man so that we could connect with him and he could connect with us in a real authentic way. You see, Jesus was one of us. While being God, he also came to earth and lived as a man. Jesus came to usher in new identity for our lives and to show us not what culture and friends and work have to do say, but to tell us that we are children of God. Jesus lived a life worthy of God's love, but chose to die a death of a sinner. He was nailed to a cross. That's punishment that, uh, that an enemy would face. But Jesus took that for you and for me. And that through his death on the cross, that Jesus has the power to forgive our sins. And through his resurrection, we are promised the gift of eternal life. That is what we're going to be seeing as we unpack this entire gospel, this book of Luke. And these are some things that we're going to be on the lookout for over the next seven weeks. Luke's gospel begins with two mirror stories. To pregnancy stories. The first one is about a couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, they're an old couple, and, and the time for them to have children has long passed, but uh, Zechariah is a priest in the, uh, in the Jewish faith for the people of Israel. And uh, an angel appears to him and tells him that he's going to have a son. He's to name him John. The angel tells him that his child will be great and full of the Holy Spirit. That John will draw Israel back to the Lord. That John is to go out and prepare a way for the coming Messiah. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sends the same angel, Gabriel, to a virgin named Mary. And he tells her that she's going to soon give birth to a son, and that she's to call that son Jesus, and he would save his people from their sins. Mary and Elizabeth are related. And so Mary goes to visit Elizabeth while they are both pregnant. And the Bible says that when Mary enters into Elizabeth's home, that the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps towards her and is filled with the Holy Spirit. I tell you that to kind of set up the beginning of Luke and and these two uh, characters that really um, set out the beginning of this book. John and Jesus connected from the very, very beginning. See, John now in uh, around chapter three of Luke is where we're going to be for the rest of today. If you want to turn to Luke chapter three. After both babies are born and some time passes, some almost 30 years goes by. John has begun a ministry. And he's going around and he is preaching sermons of repentance. That means to come back to God. It means to turn around. See, the nation of Israel, for many of them, had wandered away from God. They had felt really kind of abandoned. It had been 400 years since they had heard from any prophets about any coming hope from God. The uh, nation of Rome had infiltrated their community. And so they were living in an occupied state and they were hopeless. And so for many of them, they had wandered away from their faith. They had wandered away from God. And so John comes and he begins preaching this message of repentance. and And he begins preaching these messages about coming back. If you remember what the angel told About this child, they said that he would prepare a way for Jesus. And so, as he is out in the uh, on the edges of the community and uh, preaching these messages about um, repentance, he he continues to uh, to teach and to preach his his words. That he would say they actually sound like Jesus. And, and as he's teaching and he's, uh, he's captivating people, uh, people are coming to him to be baptized. So, John the Baptizer, or John the Baptist, maybe you've heard him referred to, he's going around and he's preaching this message of repentance, and people are coming to him to be baptized. Pick up with me Luke chapter 3, starting with verse 15. It says, The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. I will baptize you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing, uh, there, that's where we're stopping. All right, so um, so John says, uh, he says, look, I'm not the Messiah, right? He says, I baptize you with water, but somebody is coming who is more powerful for, than me. He says, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He says, I baptize you with water. He says, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's plenty of times in my life where there was a person that stood in the place of Jesus for me. You know, it, it happens, I think, to, to most of us because we just attach ourselves to a physical person. You know, when I was a kid growing up, my youth minister, man, he, he just meant everything to me. And, and there were some, probably some times that while he was teaching me about Jesus, that I replaced Jesus with him. You know, I, I was worried about impressing him or, or, or gaining his favor. My entire faith was built on him. And, and I think that it can happen to any of us. I don't know if it's ever happened to you where, where, where there becomes a thing And it seems like it's a good thing, but it becomes almost a God thing for you. Could be a a preacher on a stage, could be a boss, could be a mentor, could be a a group leader, where, where you begin to put your faith and your trust and your hope in a person. And that's what was happening here. See, the nation of Israel and they, they were just tired and they they were worn down and they hadn't heard and they hadn't seen real hope in a long long time and so here comes John and John's captivating and John has is exciting and as John speaks and it seems revolutionary and so they begin to put their hope and their trust in John And John is quick to point out, he says, look, I'm just the messenger. And so one day while people were being baptized, Jesus also shows up to be baptized. From another gospel account, we know that John was hesitant to baptize Jesus. He felt unworthy. John actually says to him, he says, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus knew that it was the right thing to do. And so he told John, "It is proper for us to do this to fulfill what is right." And so if you look with me in verse 21, in verse 22, he says this: "When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "You are my Son." Whom I love, with you, I am well pleased. I want to talk about what Jesus' baptism here at the beginning of his ministry, what it means for you and for me. You see, the first thing is that Jesus didn't have to be baptized. The Bible tells us that we're baptized for the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two, verse 38. Jesus had no sin, and he literally was God. And so we just wonder, why? Why would Jesus be baptized? He didn't need to be baptized. He didn't need his sins forgiven. He didn't need the gift of the Holy Spirit. He was a part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, so why? In Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells John that it was proper, that it was to fulfill what was righteous. Earlier, I stated that the big idea for today was this, that we should learn from Jesus to live like Jesus. And this is an area where Jesus sets an example for us. He sets an example for all of us. See, the underlying theme in today's message is really a message of obedience. Jesus is obedient. All throughout this book of Luke, as you see the life of Jesus, you're gonna see that while Jesus was God, here on earth, he deferred all of his decision-making to God the Father. Whether it's here being baptized or whether it's later on going to the cross. Jesus was about fulfilling the objective of, of the father and he was a servant that submitted. He was obedient. And God, the father looking down gives approval to this. He says, you're my son whom I love with you. I'm well pleased. During Jesus's baptism, we see a few interesting things. First of all, Jesus prays during his own baptism. Now, I've done a lot of baptisms during my time of ministry. I've never had the person who is being baptized offer to pray. I've prayed for them. I've had family members pray for them. I've had mothers and fathers and, and friends pray for them. I've never had the person who's being baptized say, hey, I'm gonna pray here right before I'm baptized or right after I'm baptized. But Jesus prays during his baptism. And the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove in physical form. Something significant was happening in this moment, right? All all these people had gathered around and and remember what had just been happening, right? Uh, They're asking John the Baptist, they're asking him, are you the Messiah? Are you the promised one? Man, you speak like somebody we would think maybe is the Messiah, and and you're baptized, and you're preaching this new radical message of repentance, and we've never seen anything like it. Are you the Messiah? People were, were caught up with John. And then Jesus shows up. And he's baptized, and he speaks, and the heavens open up. And the Holy Spirit in physical form comes down and lands on his shoulder and God speaks from heaven. You think there was any confusion in the crowd about who the Messiah was at that moment? Jesus stands apart. Jesus is different. From the moment Jesus sets foot on earth, from the moment Jesus begins his ministry, it is evident to everyone around that this is not normal. So any thought about who John was or might have been is done when Jesus shows up on the scene. You know, I was baptized by my grandfather in January of 1986 I was about 10 years old, and I can remember walking along the back hill of his yard and talking about what baptism meant and and asking him if he thought I was ready. I remember that my parents had one of our ministers over to our house for dinner, and we talked on the couch about what baptism meant and he asked me why I wanted to do it. This moment in Jesus's life was significant. Significant enough that Luke captured it in the telling of his story of Jesus's life. Significant enough that God spoke audibly for people to hear, which in case you didn't know, doesn't happen very often. You know, I think God knew. I think God knew that we humans We needed moments like this. You know, in 1986, I didn't have it all figured out. I didn't fully understand grace and I didn't fully understand forgiveness and my theology wasn't all in line exactly where it should have been, but I knew this. I knew Jesus loved me. And I knew I was making a commitment to live my life for him. I do these baptism conversations with people all the time. And it's always a privilege to sit down with somebody and be able to talk about their faith journey. And some of the language I begin to use as we walk through this is that I tell everybody, I say, you know, this is a starting line. It's not a finish line. For a long time in my life, I viewed baptism as the goal. It was the finish line. It was the thing that people were working towards. Like if I can just get somebody baptized, And I realized it was never meant to be the finish line. It was the starting line. This isn't the end of Jesus's ministry. It's only the beginning of Jesus's ministry. when somebody chooses to give their life to Jesus, then they're immersed down in that water and brought back up. That's not the end of their journey. It's only the beginning. And I think that God knew. I think that God knew that we needed a significant moment. We needed a moment that was gonna be etched in our memory. See, I can still remember 1986, like it was yesterday. And I think that God knew that we needed a moment like that. Here's something else. People ask me all the time, you know, is baptism necessary? Does it really matter? I was baptized as a baby or, you know what I mean? I, I believe in Jesus, is this something? Here's what I know, Jesus was baptized, he was immersed down in the water and he didn't need to be. He set an example for us. Every baptism recorded in the New Testament is a person making a choice to go down into the water and be baptized. During the first sermon ever preached, after Jesus ascended back into heaven, it's recorded in Acts. Luke writes it down. Peter preaches that Jesus was killed and rose from the grave. And people ask Peter, they say, what should we do in light of this information we're given? What, what is it that we should do to make this right? And Peter responds, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The question is not Does it matter? The question is this. What's holding you back? What's holding any of us back from making a decision to do something that God has obviously called us to do? You know, throughout this book of Luke, we're gonna try to learn from Jesus, to live like Jesus. This isn't just meant to be some kind of behavior modification. Somehow we simply read scripture and begin behaving in a different way. No, it's, a, it's to allow Jesus to transform us. We think differently, we act differently, we love differently, we are different because of what Jesus is doing in our life. And so let me ask you, what is holding you back from truly living for Jesus, being completely transformed? After Jesus was baptized, God the Father spoke. Heaven opens up and God says, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. One of the things that baptism signifies is that we are a reborn child of God. So what God said to Jesus after his act of obedience, he says to each and every one of us every time. We are now called children of God. We are sons and daughters of the king. And he is pleased with us when we take steps of obedience just like Jesus did. You know, each month we're celebrating baptisms here at both of our campuses. And if you'd like to find out more about baptism, I'd love to talk to you. You can reach out to me. You can find me here in person or you can email me if you're watching this online. That question is a question I ask every person anytime that we're meeting to talk about this. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What's holding you back? As we walk through the book of Luke together, I'm excited to be able to see how Jesus lived, what Jesus did and how we can learn from that. And the very first thing that we see here in week one is that Jesus was obedient. He didn't have to go down into that water, but he chose to. He set an example for us and it was ultimately what the father wanted him to do. You know, we make a lot of excuses why we don't do a lot of things. God calls us into action. God calls us to move. Jesus wants us to live a certain way. And we've got our reasons and we've got the things that hold us back. And I just want to ask you to let it go. To truly seek to be obedient to God. You know, I'm excited about reading Luke together. Our reading plan begins on Monday, March the 7th, tomorrow. And we encourage you to read along with us, journal along with us, listen to the podcast along with us. And the entire time, looking for how Jesus lives and asking ourselves this question, how can we be transformed by what we're reading? Learning from Jesus to live like Jesus. It's our goal. That we could learn from Jesus to live like Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear Holy Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and the example that he sets. God, I pray for each and every one of us to be humble enough, to be obedient enough, to hear that call, and to do what you have laid out for us to do. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
0: stand as we sing. There's power in the name of Jesus. So we're going to pray. We're going to sing this over over our church and over our world. Sing this out. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart. Presence. I speak Jesus. There is great, great power in Jesus' name. Man. Ooh. Here at White Oak, we are seeing the power of Jesus move in people's lives. We're seeing transformation. We're seeing people obedient to Jesus' calling, to his example, and to the life that God has for them. And it's exciting. And so we want to invite you to be part of that. Um, You know, Kevin talked about the baptism conversations. But there are ways that you can partner with us and be part of people's stories changing because of what Jesus has done. So we're going to watch this video, and you can find out about how you can participate and take part um, in all of that great life change that's happening. So let's watch this. Go ahead and have a seat.
3: Lives are being forever changed at White Oak. People are surrendering their lives to Jesus and experiencing the full life that he promises. When you partner with White Oak through giving, you help us to provide environments where people can discover their identity in Jesus, and you help us build and maintain spaces where we can be equipped to love and deployed on mission. Giving is also one of many ways we participate in the work of Christ's kingdom. Your generosity funds ministry in our buildings and communities and around the world. Giving reminds us that we trust and rely on our Heavenly Father to care for and meet our needs. When we give, we're being obedient as followers of Jesus, just as we do when we surrender our lives in baptism, participate in communion, or live out any of the instructions we find in scripture. Today, we want to remind you that you have an opportunity to give. You can give to White Oak in a number of ways. If you would like to give electronically, you can go to thewocc.com or download our app and click give. If you are in person and would like to give cash or a check, there are boxes in the back where you can drop those gifts. You can also mail checks to our Coleraine office. Thank you again for your faithfulness and being a part of White Oak.
2: Again, thank you so much for your generosity. Your generosity fuels life change. And uh, so if you want to give today, we actually have some new boxes on the backs of the wall that you can drop your gifts. There's envelopes back there, and, uh, or you can give electronically online. Again, thank you so much for, uh, for your generosity and how that is helping to, uh, to bring about these changed lives Um, Again, uh, every month we're having uh, baptisms. These were recorded during our February uh, Baptism Sunday. Next Sunday, uh, March 13th, is a Baptism Sunday at both of our campuses. So if you're interested in finding out more about baptism, again, stop and see me. Uh, You can talk to me. You can stop at the Hub and let them know that you're interested in in registering for a conversation. Uh, We would love to talk to you more about baptism. Just that amazing step and uh, again, the starting line, not the finish line. So uh, also want to encourage you, uh, tomorrow begins day one of our kind of Luke experience uh, that you'll be doing at home, Uh, good, better, best. We've kind of laid it out a few different times for you, but we've got bookmarks out in the lobby. If uh, if you just want to read along with us, uh, you can do that. If, uh, if you want to uh, take it up a notch, better is uh, pick up one of the Luke journals. We've still got some available in the lobby. Uh, basically, you read through the book of Luke every day, and there's places in that journal uh, to highlight and write notes and to ask questions. And so uh, it's a great tool to use. Best. All right. If you go to thewcc.com backslash Luke, you can subscribe to our daily podcast. It's Monday through Friday. It's uh, that's a list of all the different people who will be doing episodes. Basically, it's five minutes, five minutes of somebody reading for you a portion of that daily reading and telling you a little bit about what it meant to them. And so uh, got a lot of different ways that you can experience Luke. But the bottom line is this. We want you to engaged in the word of God, reading and looking for ways that it can transform your life, learning from Jesus to live like Jesus. And uh, so I encourage you to take those steps and to uh, engage with us as we go through Luke, leading all the way up to Easter. I'm excited about it. will not you stand? And uh, we're going to close with a word of prayer. If you're a guest here today, stop by the hub. We've got a gift for you. Uh, you can scan the QR code up on the screen and uh, fill out a connection card. Let us know that you're here. Uh, but we just want to thank you so much for, uh, for your presence and uh, hope that you have a blessed week. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for the example that he sets for each and every one of us, God, and how we should live. Help us as we read through Luke to find that, to see that, God, and to live that out. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have a great day.